Instagram and welcome back. What is up? How's your week, Brittany? It's going good other than just sitting on the floor. Um, yeah, I'm sitting on the floor because I'm such a millennial and I don't understand how to fucking internet, ethernet cord. So I have to sit right next to the goddamn router. So here we are. But we're going to make it work. Yeah, before we started recording, my wife's just yelling at Brittany about how she doesn't have an ethernet cord. <laughs> Her internet speed is too slow. It was a lot. But we're here. We made it. <laughs> Right. I'm sitting on the floor for an hour. You got me. It's good. It's good. I've been with her position. So. Oh, come on. Listen, you're going to have to put your legs on the wall. That's like the best, most restorative pose position. Just hold us up. It'll be okay. Good. Oh, okay. Well, what is the activity of the day to lead us into our discussion? So, the activity of the day is this equanimity meditation that I read over what was that yesterday I think I'm still reading the book Real Love A Mindful Connection by Sharon Salzberg I'm taking my time with that and the art of seduction so every day I'm reading the different books and yesterday was um that book's turn the real love and equanimity was something that I didn't know about before I listened to this chapter and I wish I would have brought up the actual definition so that I wouldn't flub it up but it's basically like you having distance in something distance and space in in your life and also still knowing that you're connected without you know being so smothering in the chapter she talked about how relationships people think they only have two modes super clingy or you know disassociated and disconnected and detached and she was like you know equanimity is the middle ground it's the we're together and we're happy and I also understand that in the times that you're not happy we'll still be together and you you're the only one who can restore that happiness like I can be here and stay connected with you and also have nothing to do with your happiness and where it comes from and this equanimity practice is for me, it's very timely. I am currently working with a couple who is going to benefit so much from this practice and this meditation that I'm like, oh, how serendipitous. But <laughs> it is, it takes about, I'd say 10 minutes, 10 minutes or less. And I have it all written out because I plan to record it for them. But I'm going to just briefly go through the general um actions that you need to do or the general thoughts and, and behaviors that you ought to be in and be going through when you go through this um, meditation. So as always, you want to find a comfortable but alert position where you can sit and you can allow your eyes to close gently. Or if you feel like you're tired or something like that, you can kind of like just lowly gaze down at the floor. Um, and then you want to start with, you know, checking in on your breathing, not mess, like making it do anything different than what it already is. Just observe your breath. Get yourself nice and comfortable. And then within equanimity practice, we're cultivating a mind and heart that stays at balance and at ease with our surroundings. So keep a nice awareness of where you are. And then once you're happy, silent, all that good stuff, start to think about which phrase. Pick one of these, which phrase you're going to repeat to yourself. Some of the phrases that you can say is, I care about your pain, yet cannot control it. 
May I offer love knowing I can't control the course of life, suffering, or death. May I find a true source of happiness. May I find peace exactly where I am. And once you've picked your favorite phrase from that, have two to three minutes of silence. And then after that two to three minutes of silence, bring to mind someone who you love, someone that you care about um, in a romantic way. You know, I'm, I'm pushing this really for relationships, um, couples and things like that. So think about your partner, think about your spouse, think about your girlfriend, your fiance, and then repeat silently to yourself one of these following phrases. Regardless of my wishes for you, your happiness is not in my hands. May you find a true source of happiness. May you find peace exactly where you are. And then another two to three minutes of silence after this, repeating that phrase over in your head, sending out all of that good love. And then once you've gone through your partner, let go of all of other thoughts of people and return back to your own body and mind. And once you're ready, you know, pop those beautiful eyeballs back open and see how light you feel, see how much love you feel radiating off of you. Um, there is a longer copy of that that goes word for word that I'll have available just hit me up on Instagram at the real coach India to get yours and that's our oh, activity wow. Gail that, <laughs> love that. that was so good I really really <laughs> love that I didn't even it's funny because I've had issues with uh trying to be everything to my partners we'll get into this later um like codependency Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I wasn't into meditation back then, but that would have been so powerful, um, back then. So that's amazing. And I hope that it definitely can help <clears throat> those now. Um, so I'm glad I didn't know how to work a name to it. So shit, I'm gonna start doing it. Yes. I was like, amazing. Oh, this is good. I have all these index card notes over on my desk and I'm like, I should have brought those over here, but I was just writing and writing and writing when I was listening to it yesterday. But it's amazing because that leads us into our topic for the day um, mm -hmm. and what India, the activity that she explained is something that we heavily believe in. So the topic mm -hmm. for the day is, <laughs> it is dating. Um, we're going to break it down, dating versus, uh, versus dating your 20s versus dating in your 30s. Mm -hmm. um, and then your intention basically in dating in your 20s and dating in your 30s probably differ and then dating while married or engaged or whatever that looks like so what do you want to start you want to start in your 20s Ooh, can we start let's start in our 20s because i feel like i can snuggle being single and dating in your 20s because that's where you can really thrive in that so yeah dating in your 20s versus 30s or just dating in your 20s this is me dating in our 20s and our mindset. Um, Ooh, okay. Yes. So, what, what, remind me, when did you get married? What age? I got married when I was 22. Okay. And so, and when did you get engaged? Were you engaged for a long a year? We were engaged for six months. We were together for one year when I proposed. I, yeah, right? Yeah. And then we were engaged for six months and then got married. I was 20 when we got together. 21 when I proposed and 22 when I got married. Damn, that's all of you 20. Literally from beginning to end. I had, <laughs> I had just turned 20 when I met her. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? 
we, I guess we just can go out and ask us to be in party. My dating experience is fairly limited. Um, <laughs> but how I don't know why. I mean, it's like you told me that before, but I'm like, when I break it down, I'm like, damn, it's not that much. <laughs> I mean, I dated in high school and middle school. I had my first, like, boyfriend when I was, like, first serious boyfriend. I was in, like, the seventh grade. So, I mean, I feel like I dated a nice little bit. It is ghetto out there. <laughs> I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so prior to trees, yeah, you had girlfriends in college. Ooh, no, I don't want to call those girls my girlfriends. No, or companions or little friends. Yeah, little friends in high school. That's when I was really running rampant with the girlfriends. Okay. okay. Yeah. So what? I guess what made Treese different from everyone else for you to attach and not see anybody else? Um, I think it's I think it's two things. When I first saw Treese, I didn't like like see her face or her features or anything like that. I just I feel like I just felt her energy and it was kind of just like a I just want to know that girl. That girl, she looks like she loves life. Like life is exciting. She was all <laughs> tossing her hair around and she just was having a good ass time. And I say every day, like this is a good ass life. Like I'm having a good ass time. Like it mm-hmm. hasn't stopped. So whatever that universal alignment feeling is, giving you all your props, all your credit, keep doing your thing. The second was we were both ready to be open and vulnerable and changing and patient at the same time. I had just got out of a terrible relationship and I'm, I'm not a person who's like, Oh, I just, I hate love. I just need to push it away now that I've been hurt. It's like, no, if I can love somebody like that, the next person that I love can be even better for me, you know? So me coming in like that and her coming off of a pretty bad relationship too. We were just like trying to take refuge in somebody that wasn't crazy as hell like our exes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we kind of met and was like, it was kind of like a, like a exhalation, like a, oh, okay, you're not crazy. Oh, and you're from the 219. Oh, and you're from Hammond. Oh, oh I live two blocks away. It's like we just <laughs> kept getting more like, oh. Oh, into each other and it was like okay that's that's what it is about you we we met and we were on the same orbital path and so we still you, are seven years later so when you were dating mm-hmm. normally lesbians will they date more than one person so were you guys dating multiple people or was it just like i see you i don't see anyone else very early on girl i was out here in the streets when treese and i reconnected after I saw her the first time, I was, I had just discovered Tinder. I had just yes. discovered about oh, Tinder days. I'm telling you, I'm swiping girl. I'm like, how many miles away is you? Hello. Oh, you in town for a I'm conference? Okay. <laughs> I, listen, I live in Indianapolis, honey. Ain't nothing up in there but conferences and corn. Okay. Swipe. <laughs> Hello. And then I was like, I'm going to start dating girls too. So I'm looking at bitches. I'm looking at dudes. I'm listen, living my life. And then me and Trees reconnect and I'm still like casually living my life. But you know how you like start talking to a new person. And you just keep on talking to that person. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it was, yeah. you know, but then she mm-hmm. came over one day and was like, she had seen, um, 
I had, I think Bumble too, Bumble and, and Tinder. And she was like, what are you doing with these apps? And I was like, I'm on there. She's like, are you talking to other people? And I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to other people. What the hell what type of question is that? <laughs> like, not that we just met, but <laughs> girl, we yeah. did. where are we going with this? And she was like, how many people are you talking to? Like, what the, like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm talking to like five or six different people. Like, and kind of like a half, cause I'm trying to break this thing off, but it's a whole thing. Like, do you not want me to talk to those people? And she was like, no, stop talking to those people. I'll, I'm only talking to you. <laughs> and so I stopped. Well, hell, wait, uh, shit, way to be, uh, look, I'm telling you, be intentional. You know, I was like, okay, I don't think anybody ever, not anybody, I don't think a lot of people have that conversation of, mm-hmm. no, I don't want you to do that. Stop. That That's not what we're creating. That's good, though, and it's crazy. So, what's the age difference again? Uh, four years, sometimes five, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Man. Two. So, I... I I knew I was gay very early, like I would say, like kindergarten. Mm-hmm. But of course, uh, because of religion in your family, you push it away. You push it away. They guys, but you know something's off. Anyway, fast forward to junior and senior year. Um, I figure it out. I like mm-hmm. girls. Um, go to college, and I end up staying closer to home because of a, a woman that didn't work out. Try <clears throat> mm-hmm. guys. That it was so weird. So anyway, fast forward to graduating. Um, I mean, fast forward to the end of school. I was dating a girl. Um, thought it was going to be the one, and it was mm-hmm. a lot of codependency, like to the point where it freaked me out. So it's important what you're saying regarding a, um, relationships. There's things that I learned to call attachment styles. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. But um, after that. After I broke up with that person, I started like, I don't want to say going crazy, but I think college was a time, like I said prior to, it was just about studying. So I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to explore myself sexually, uh, but also was just explore. So I had a partner that was dedicated just to, you know, um, exploring myself sexually, my likes, my dislikes, not knowing if it was going anywhere, but that was her purpose. <laughs> that makes sense. I okay. do. That is your thing. I, I feel like it's something that's important. I, I would suggest you do that. It made me, mm-hmm. it made me feel great. Um, but then Tinder was amazing because not even on a sexual level, but you get to learn what you like and what you don't like out of people. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just <laughs> actually called me a serial dater because I literally had dates lined up from Monday to Friday. Like, come on, literally, no. So fun, and it and you also learn how to detach like from people. Like mm-hmm. it literally just is. We're dating. We're going out to have fun. Like I don't expect anything from you. And I think sometimes when you're a lesbian, you kind of it's constantly like I like you, like me. We're together, and it's like no, I'm just trying to figure out if we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it kind of is hard to date more than one person just because of a lot of different personalities. But that was a great time in my life. And on the question of dating with intention of marriage, I. I would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. And I, I often tell women, like, you know, use your time unless you know this person is like your twin flame or your soulmate. Um, take the time to figure out who you are. You change like every three to four years. I don't suggest marriage early on unless you are an aware individual. 
and you are willing to do the healing. But early on, there's not a lot of women that I knew that were able to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they got divorced. So um, I think when I got to 26 is when I realized like, hey, I think I think I'm ready to start going down that path. And I think I I think I may want children. We'll figure that out later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my intent in my 20s was just to have fun like very very a lot of different phases I don't regret any of them I mean, I had fun. <laughs> I had lots of fun tell all the women have fun <laughs> so, um but 30s I feel like it's when you're ready honestly women of course are always um they always want to settle down a little bit more Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just talking to this about Ashley. I really feel like we have to be intentional and be aware of why we're doing the things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to get married because this is what society tells you is the right thing to do at 30? Or do you really want to be married? Like, there's no right answer, but you need to you need to be intentional about why you're doing stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of it is like, this checks off my box of um, success. I'm like, well, if success my ass, you can be failing. Okay, <laughs> you got to be ready for marriage. It is not easy. From what I I th- <laughs> you know, I think it's so interesting how people, but you know, let me stop because here I go. Now that I've got a different perspective, I cannot demonize the other one because early in my 20s, I probably would have identified with, you know, I'm dead in a marriage. I don't want to waste my time type of deal. But today's year old India is like, no, like, date to to have fun and that you know carries you into a marriage if you get married uh an engagement if you get engaged all those different steps because dating is intentional time spent doing activities with someone that you're romantically interested in why would you ever stop dating yeah you know you people do and that is the craziest thing to me because i'm like Regardless if we're together for five, ten years, we have to keep it. I call it spicy. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> of course you call but it you spicy. Have to, girl, but you have to keep it interesting. And I'm not saying I'm going to get bored quick. I'm, I wouldn't say that, but I want, I like being spontaneous. I like adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a very curious person. My nature is doing different. I don't want the same habitual shit. Uh, except it's except food. Other than that, I want different <laughs> experiences, I will say. And I know people that don't even date. I'm like, at least, I don't understand kids getting, you know, are in the picture. But at Come least on. one day, at least one day a week or every other week. But I, as a partner, I need to know every Wednesday is our date night, every Saturday. We got to have some time that is for us. Mm-hmm. to preserve this relationship and people don't make it a priority and I don't I guess I don't understand why so, I don't think I don't they know. know that it's not a priority I think it's something that if they watch a TV show on Thursdays it's like we spent we spent time together mm-hmm. baby we was just last night girl what is you talking about yes I watched yes. that. I watched the, the season finale and the reunion. I, what you mean? But I binge. We binge watched seven episodes. And what I will say to that is, again, intent, being intentional. But I say you're present. Are you really present yeah. when you're watching TV? No. Mm-hmm. You, you can do that and check your mind completely out. Mm-hmm. Me, I tell my partner this all the time. When we're doing something, I need you to be fully present. Because just like the pandemic showed us, 
we can be around each other all day and not be intentional of being present with preserving time or setting time aside for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the difference. Like, yeah, we're lesbians. We spend a lot of fucking time together. We go grocery mm-hmm. shop together. Happily. We clean up the house together. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't work out together. Okay. That's not, that's not a date, nigga. That's not a date. Not a date. <laughs> and they really be like, we've been together all day. No, sis. That's not no. it. No. This is friend time. This is Girl. we're hanging out. You ain't took me on no date. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a drive through me. I told Trees for our anniversary. I said, listen, sis, if it ain't got $3 signs next to the name on Yelp, don't even consider it. Don't take me there. Yeah. Don't waste my time. Wait, let me, wait, let me uh, fix my computer. Clap, clap. <laughs> and they Date better me. have over 500. <laughs> Look, I need a Michelin star in <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, listen, you need to come out here and help me. I want to do fancy Girl. things with you. <laughs> Girl, I should be like, you don't want to pick all the restaurants. I said, well, you picking them out tonight. Look, I'm done. I'm off duty. So she's done a really like a better job of trying to find different things for us to do because I will say I think that a lot of the times that especially in queer relationships sometimes it's put a lot on the feminine the more feminine um, person or the person mm-hmm. that just likes the plan things. Yep. But everyone else, I mean, but you still have to the other person who doesn't care about those things are not important. They still have to make an effort. Because mm-hmm. um, it just shows the other partner, like, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate all the effort that you put into planning our days. But, hey, this is what I thought of. And, it's, I mean, it's all appreciated. Shit, I didn't have to plan shit for tonight. And I'm going to go eat. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mm-hmm. am happy. <laughs> I'll be having to watch trees. I'll be like, okay, well, babe, you, this is your date night. Last week, I did this. Now, mind you, last week, we on a dang on hot air balloon going over the Andes River. It's a cruise booked after that. That's my that's my date night. All right, babe, Girl. this week, this is your date night. Okay, yeah, I got something planned. She walks me down to an Irish pub where there's a whiskey sale. Whiskey on special. <laughs> we eat chicken wings and fries. <laughs> But you know what? You learn or I've learned to appreciate treats dates. That's what I call those treats meals where it's like, I would never think to go here. I would never think to eat this. I would never think to do these things. And it is only because of you that I'm here and actually having a good fucking time. We were wasted in that goddamn Irish pub. And don't, don't let the pub have like um, a little, what do you call the machine where you can play the music? A little jukebox. Oh, girl. Eating chicken Don't let no one have no jukebox. Girl. She's like, okay, this, this, this little ghetto pub look cool. Okay. I can play my little music. <laughs> Y'all understood after about a year of us intentionally having date nights that she just loves bars, bar food, mm-hmm. concession stand food. So we be going to like games and stuff like that when it be her date night. So I'm, I've learned to be like, okay, I would like to have this fancy ass experience, but mm-hmm. also going to this local baseball game is about to be so much fun too. So mm-hmm. dating too, understanding how your partner dates you and giving it its same credit because it's their yeah. style is also relevant. Oh my God. Okay. To follow that up, to piggyback on that, there was this um, idea, this, this 
mindset that they had in the book yesterday too, where it was like a lot of couples are fighting to try to change things about the other one, not realizing that she's a duck and she's a chicken. The duck wants the chicken to be a duck and the chicken wants the duck to be a chicken. <laughs> and you just spending your time just arguing and arguing. You're looking at each other. And you're like, well, you're a bird. You got wings. Why can't you get in the water? Why can't you fly away? I, I understand we have all of these similarities. However, I'm a chicken and you're a duck. That was so yeah. great. I wrote that down too. It was wonderful. Yeah. Anyway. And I think once you realize that your job is not to change your partner, <clears throat> and I think that often often gets misconstrued because there are expectations that that we have um, for people mm-hmm. that we love um, or people that we like and or non-negotiables or, you know, deal breakers. Those are fine. But the person that you're with has a choice to either align with that or not. And you have a choice to leave. Yep. You taking all of that energy to keep telling they're doing wrong and they don't want to improve. I don't want to say change. They don't want to improve based off of things that you've experienced. And you have a choice. You know why would it where you don't? Because I'm not about to keep stressing myself, honey, because stress kills. Okay. So you want to ride on the slide or you going to go somewhere else? Okay. Both are fine, but you're going to need to decide and stick you to don't it. Have to kick. <laughs> no, for real. Lord. Um, so, how has dating been um, different compared to when you were just dating her? Um, not married compared to being married. I don't know if that makes sense. One thing. It does um, make how, sense. Dating changed. I'd say dating when we were, even in our earlier years of marriage, it was, mm, it kind of just happened. So we didn't know to be present in the moment. Um, I think when you're first in a relationship, you kind of just want to hang out with each other. So everything feels like a date and everything feels like, oh, you yeah, know, I can make time for that. It's kind of like, oh, dang, I can't say that. Lord Jesus, I'll be about to go to jail on sorority stuff all the time. Girl, you can't say, I can't say that out loud. <laughs> anyway, basically, you make time for what you want to make time for. And when you first meet somebody, every, you, you're canceling all your plans to spend time with them. So even in that honeymoon phase afterwards, I feel like me and Teresa had the longest fucking honeymoon period. We was in love and love for like three years. No real mm-hmm. big arguments or nothing like that. So everything felt like a date. And then... Once, you know, life, quote unquote, starts happening and we've got these big girl jobs and we've got these different obligations. We're part of these clubs and groups. It's like, well, we see each other at home. We eat dinner with each other more often than not, like at least five days, nights out of the week. Like you don't you don't you're not intentional about it. So it it doesn't happen as often. And so you have to get scheduled date nights. You have to be like, no. You are important to me. Our friendship, our relationship, our marriage, spending time is important to me. I'm not doing shit after five o'clock on Wednesdays. Just you and me. You know, because if not, you just you just keep going and you think, Oh, I see you every day. We're good, right? You're good, I'm good. And individually, y'all aren't good. And together y'all aren't good, which is also why self dates started happening when we were married too. And dating yourself, oh my God. It's it's yeah. the thrill of a lifetime. You can literally do whatever you want to do because who's going to complain? It's just you. Oh, I, do I hate seeing rom coms. <laughs> okay, no, don't come. come. <laughs> I do want to say before we get on dating, why we're um, I want to touch on that, but 
I also want to say that it's important. I think we've done this together before is to take us inventory. Um, oh, yeah. So we used to have these date nights at home. So I would only do them at home, but I would do my security board and then like wine night and then for her like a whiskey or a cognac flight. But mm-hmm. it would basically be like, what am I doing good? And then what can I improve on? And then what am I totally like missing the fucking market? Um, and then I would also touch on sex. <clears throat> and then I would touch on parenting as well since um, mm-hmm. we have a bonus child. Well, I have a bonus child. Um, and just sometimes initiating that conversation because uh, you got to figure you got to know who your partner is and if they're going to mm. willingly say it and be able to articulate their feelings or are you going to be able to you just have to initiate the conversation and then then they'll tell you like yeah I like this yeah I don't like this maybe we should try mm-hmm. this and it's just a nice way to just kind of get the conversation flowing um so that really works well for us especially during the summer just mm-hmm. out on the back patio eating and drinking and talking <laughs> and I'm actually doing that this weekend so Hopefully, yeah. Um, but to go off of here, I want to talk about dating while dating yourself, but also dating while you're single. Um, Mm -hmm. Which they kind of go, I think they're the same. But one of my Facebook friends posted and was like, "What do you love about being single?" And I feel like it's not a conversation that's talked about a lot, and Mm -hmm. I think it should be. I feel like it's kind of one of those things where people, why are you happy about being single? And it's like. If you have the chance to be single after a relationship that wasn't wasn't for you, let's just say it like that, I feel like you should embrace that and find joy in where you are in life. Um, mm-hmm. And you get a lot of pleasure from being single because you get to figure yourself out. Again, what you what you want, what you don't want. You don't have to compromise. You you get to be selfish, <laughs> you know, without mm-hmm. the guilt of it. Um, it, it should be a great time for you. If you would like a companion, that's fine. But using that time to figure out who the fuck you are, I feel like more people need to utilize them instead of mm-hmm. covering up their emotions by getting underneath someone else. It doesn't help you in the end. <clears throat> um, and then dating while you're with someone. Girl, I will plan dates. I'll be like, I know I'm off on Thursday. I like going to restaurants by myself. I will bring mm-hmm. a book. Um, I like going to try new wine bars or go grab a bottle of wine. I took myself to the drive-in one day. Yes. <laughs> I will go anywhere by myself. And that and it takes a lot of courage because it is awkward to go by yourself somewhere. But once you get that courage, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's very liberating. Very liberating. But so like, of, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Listen, I will. Talking about self-dates. This space, this chapter that I am in life right now, I will talk about it for hours. Please continue. Yes, chapter, honey. You better write that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who I actually got it from? My mother. Like, oh. again, and nothing to do with being intentional. My mom, my mom is a very, very strong woman, but she would just be like, mm, I'm going to movies. Y'all want to go? I'm going. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't really know if she was, I think she just used to just get up just used to get up and go and not wait on anyone mm-hmm. and I kind of adapted that but by in my mind I'm like I'm doing it because of this because I would like to go and I need time alone mm-hmm. like now I'm like oh you want to come with me I gotta feel this friends girlfriends wives girl oh the and now I got, 
I mean, Ashley going out to eat by herself. She'll go to the bar and get her some wings and watch the game. Mm-hmm. She's like, yes, I love it. I'm like, yes. I even, like, I send her some money and be like, go, get, go to the bar and watch the game. Like, and she will go now and does not care. And I'm like, I love that for you. Like, love it. Yeah. I feel like when you start to date yourself, you get the courage to date yourself in a relationship. It it changes the relationship. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of begin to see the the breaks or the cracks in their relationship. We come in with different baggage that's more um, like we're disproportionately given as people of the, the queer community because typically, you know, families aren't acceptive. They're not supportive. You know, you're not loved and accepted the way that you need to be or the way that you want to be to be a functioning person. And so as soon as you get out into the world, which can be a lot earlier than most people, anything and anyone that feels like love or you feel like you're seen in their eyes, you attach and you latch on to them. So you build trauma bonds or you build bonds over very unhealthy traits about each other. And when one person begins to be an individual, the other one is like, oh, no, you made my earthquake. Where are you going? <laughs> Why do you want to leave me like this? And it's like, girl, I'm going to Starbucks downstairs to read for an hour. Yes. Why do I know you're not going down there to meet some bitch? I mean, you don't, but you can come down here. But again, that defeats the purpose of me going down there to read. You don't got nothing you can do up here with yourself. What's happening? It begins to crumble if the relationship and the person, the other person in it isn't ready for it. And it's like, do you stay and just get back into that codependent cycle or do you leave that person? And again, this is a, this can be a trauma bond. This can be a bond that you're like, my whole world was falling apart. And the only person I had was her. Mm -hmm. Such a hard decision. And Mm -hmm. Taking yourself on a date begins that whole conversation. How scary. How courageous yes. do you have to be to continue to date yourself in a relationship that's like that? Yes. And that's why it's so important um, during that single time to figure out who you are. Because when you come mm-hmm. into relationships, you kind of have like, these are non-negotiables. This is who I am. And I'm confident. I feel like a lot of times we're not aware of who we are. So we're nope. coming in relationships and we're molding and we're bending and we're breaking to do things to appease other people that don't help in any way. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not saying that you, your boundaries cannot be bendable. They, you know, they can, they can be very flexible. That's fine when they need to be, but you mm-hmm. have to know who you are at your core and what you're willing to deal with and handle. And there's yep. been a lot of relationships that I've walked into and I, not, and I don't like the word settle. I've sacrificed mm-hmm. and compromised on things that I shouldn't have in mm-hmm. order to be loved. And that's because I didn't know myself. So it's important, like I said, it's important to know who you are and what, what you want. What do you want? Are, are you in here for fun? Because if you're in here for mm-hmm. fun, then you can go home after you're done. After you're done. You ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> but if you are in it for the long haul and you see that this person has, you know, to be have longevity in your life, mm-hmm. there are some things, especially with women, that you're going to have to work through. There's a lot of healing. Uh, especially the relationship that I'm in now, there's a lot of healing that I had to go through. She had a traumatic uh, situation before me mm-hmm. um, that still still flares its, its horns. And you have to work with that person if you feel that they're worth it. Um, 
but they have to want it as well. I'm not doing yep. all the work for you. I didn't been with people. I did. I didn't done all the work. No, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Because if you don't want it, it's not going to last. I'm doing yep. all the work. What you doing? Yep. Because as soon as oh. I stop, this relationship stops. Girl. Girl. Mm-hmm. You date yourself, you become so much more interesting. You actually have answers to things like, well, what are you interested in? You oh, Well, you know what? Last week I did a rock climbing class. It was fun. I also went to a flutter girl fitness pole class. That was fun. You know, you have things to say, things to talk about. You feel and are a more interesting person and an actual fucking person. You know where you want to go to eat because you take yourself out to restaurants. No, you're not. I said, I've been on dates with people who, when I say their conversation, I'd be like, do you have anything interesting to say? What is the last no. book you read? Oh, doctor, let me not. Other than drink or smoke, like I need for you to something. What do you? What do you do? Okay, other than your job, I need to know who you are. Yep, they don't know people. They don't know because you don't take the time to sit down and figure it out. It's like being with yourself. It's so hard. It is because it's scary. Because you know what happens when you have to fucking cut the lights on and sit Mm -hmm. there with yourself. Mm-hmm. You get to some deep dark shit, and yes, you I do. feel like, and this I say this to everyone. I feel like we all got some mental, mental shit we got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Let it be anxiety, depression, just a postpartum, um, tra- post traumatic stress disorder. We all have some things, mm-hmm. and something I realized even through therapy that I suppress a lot of things. Like if, if I didn't want to deal with it, I would just suppress it, and I mm-hmm. didn't realize until people bring the memories up to me. I'm like, we all got shit we got to get through. But you mm-hmm. have to sit with yourself. You got to dig through it. And the shit's not fun. It's painful. And it's mm-hmm. scary. But being on the other side of that, it makes you look at the world in a different a different light. Mm-hmm. And dating can be so fun. Dating yourself, dating other people. Like, the whole... Uh, we were talking about this earlier, but, like, dating with the intent... Dating with the intent to marry... I mean, if that's your if that's your opinion or that's what you're going after, okay, that's fine. I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that it's the the wrong thing or anything like that. Uh, I do think that it's a lot more uh, <laughs> enjoyable and a lot more mm, educational. It's kind of like an edutainment if you take off that that those <laughs> lens take take those lenses off and put on the lens of I'm gonna have fun, you know. I'm going to have fun because if you, if you start off working so hard on something, again, like you just said, if I'm the only one in this relationship working so hard for this to stay afloat and for this to work, you don't think you're going to get tired? You don't think you're going to stop wanting to perform this, I can do it all, I can handle it all, carry it all, plan it all persona? How long you think going to be that person? Because that's how long your relationship going to last. As soon as you stop being that person and become, start being yourself, you're a new person. Exactly. Papa, who that woman? You just showed up, honey. I don't know what you are. And now you're expecting them to love you and date you, and you're this progressive version of yourself that's got boundaries and shit. And they're like, (laughs) so you're not going to do all of the shit that you've been doing, and I have to do something? No. I don't know. It's a shock. 
<laughs> shock the whole motherfucking system. Look, I didn't miss it. I'm like, you want to go on the ride now? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Are you coming or not? I'm working with this couple. And they are, I, I've branded myself as an expert in getting queer black women from codependent relationship to interdependent relationships. And I'm working with this couple now. And over the weekend, they texted me and said, I don't know how this break is going. Okay, so spoiler alert. They're, they're a couple. I loosely say couple because they're taking a break right now. They thought that was in their best interest to stay amicable as they heal and figure things out. So we came up with a definition for break, came up with some working terms and how they can interact with each other that feels safe for, for everybody. And one of them takes me over the weekend and was like, I don't know how this break is working out because I'm seeing her every day and I'm doing all of these things the same way that I would do when we were together. And also they live too close. It's too tempting. I can't resist. And I said, well, that was some interesting language that you used. You don't know how well you all are taking this break. Those sound like a lot of your actions that you're not being accountable for. You know, when you're changing and you're figuring yourself out, spending time with yourself is a big part of that. So what are you running from when you're going over to her house? What do you mean, Andy? What do you mean? What, I'm, what am I running from? Why you can't stay at your house? Who there? And do the same Who not thing. there? And and do the same thing that you're gonna do. So it's just it's too resistant. I'm I'm doing all the same things. I said, you remember we defined what friend time was. So if you had a friend who needed a, a ride to work, would you give that friend a ride to work? Yes, I would. Think of her as your friend for the next four weeks. You're giving your friend that ride to work. Now, all that other stuff, that's you choosing to not spend time with yourself. What are you running from? Dating yourself makes you cut on all those lights. They immediately stopped texting me. I hope it was to go and cut them lights on. I'll find out in our next session. Tune in to the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> with the story. Cut on the lights and look in the mirror, honey. <laughs> Self-work is so hard. It's such a heavy topic when I'm working with couples and individuals. It's like, I don't even know because it's, once you're here, you can't see the other side anymore. You can't see the version of you that was like, oh, no, I don't need to have time to myself. Oh, no, I can do everything that you want me to do and nothing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. I know that was important to me, but I'm going to just not do it because you want to do something else. What? Why? The switch from compromising to collaborating in a relationship. Oh, no, for real. And you know what? It's so funny, especially if you've been with your partner for a long time. I think at first it does go, it does go. It starts to compromise and it compromises mm-hmm. for each other. Usually for the more assertive, you know, dominant person in a relationship, you kind of, it's kind of like, a, I want to appease you. I want to please you. What do you want to do? Yep. Uh, once you get to get her and again, to do that work. You're like, well, let's try this is what I want to do. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to do something? Like, okay, that's fine. But it's like finding your voice mm-hmm. and you, you gotta have it. You, you gotta have two voices in a relationship. It's so funny because I talk to women in there who are straight or bisexual and they're like, Oh, well, I'm going to come over to the other side and just stay there. And I'm like, sis, it ain't no easier over here. Okay. It ain't no better. <laughs> I don't want to say better. Cause I mean, to me is better. 
But I'm just saying, sis, it ain't no easier. Everybody got issues with trauma mm-hmm. and everybody needs to heal and mental issues and everybody got shit they need to work through. So don't think it's no better over here. It might be a little more aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The sex definitely is better. <laughs> yes. But not not easier at all. Um, but I did see one of your questions where you said, what type of women have you dated? Yeah. So what type of women are you normally attracted to? <clears throat> or is it like, is it a look or is it like a mindset? Oh, I'd say give me both. We're learning about each other too, even more through these questions. So give me both. What type are you usually attracted to? And does your current partner fit that type? And then inside mentalities, um, roles if you will, in relationships, type of women you've dated? So, I like, um, well, presenting, presenting um, people. Mm-hmm. I have dated femmes, um, and I have dated sims, as you will call them. These are just general, uh, generic terms. So, when I say femme, someone that is kind of like me, like to get their nails done, um, you know, or... Um, I don't know, because I kind of want to be correct. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be blasted. Um, but just very, just have a very feminine nature. Pure uh-huh. like. Um, and then, um, a stem of someone like, kind of like a tomboy. Yeah. And then I am more attracted to, um, what do you call it? Masculine presenting. Um, mm-hmm. because from what I have seen, because I'm such a dominant person, um, when I'm with more feminine women, I tend to take the role of being a dominant person all the time. And sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want to be dominant or aggressive or assertive all the time. Sometimes I just want to be able to be with someone who can, who can kind of take that off from me. And if something needs to be handled, they can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying it was a, you know, everybody's the same, but those are the ones I was coming across. And while it was great sexually, it was very annoying outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah. So my <laughs> so uh, my partner now is very uh, masculine um, presenting. She thinks period. <laughs> <laughs> Even down to the way that she thinks, she does not think like a woman. And I can say that that is correct. She thinks like a, a man. I'd be like, this like that's not even how people think. That's I can't, like, I, I have to come up with an example, like, even just, about, like, women, like, emotions and stuff, like, or things that women think or do, like, regarding dating, she'd be like, girl, I didn't even think about that, like, <laughs> so, whatever you think a man would do in a relationship, this is what I have, I have a, I, I got a man in there, I got a man in there, <laughs> look, fixes everything, a shutter fell off, she put it back up, girl, she, look, Fix a lie. I ain't gotta worry about nothing. All I need her to do is oil changes, and we gonna be on it. Okay, not the shutter fell off as you replaced it. I was like, I said, oh, ooh, that's sexy, baby. She is my handyman, so girl. Anyway, yes. Uh, so that's hilarious. Um, very. I like mysterious people. I like because I'm a very curious person by nature. I like mm-hmm. to pick at those layers and kind of get to know you. Mm-hmm. As an adult and being more aware and having doing healing, if I was to, to you know, um, date again, no, I don't want that shit. And I'm tired of picking. I want you to be able to articulate. Because people who mm-hmm. um, 
some people have a hard time articulating their how they feel, and it takes a lot of vulnerability, um, healing, and openness and awareness. Um, and we're there now, but you got to want to do it. And I've had people who don't want to. I have to pick, 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 pick. I'm like, mm-hmm. Just tell me how the fuck you feel. Um, but it works for our relationships. I mean, we can definitely switch roles depending mm-hmm. on what we need to do. So I do like that. Um, but our roles are pretty much the same every single day. Um, so it works for us. Um, we definitely have, I have had, I have strong boundaries mm-hmm. that I've had to implement and I encourage everyone to do that, um, so that you don't stress yourself out. I will say that. Um, so yeah. Okay. Now the previous women that you've dated, what, what were their insides like internally? Um, so I'm pretty much, I am more of a what do you say I'm attracted to your mind I mean I do want you to be pretty but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want you to I want you to be able to talk to me so yeah people ask me questions I want to get to know you are you able to tell me about yourself are you able to tell me what you like are you able to pour into me are you able to teach me something I'm really big on that like Mm -hmm. um are you I love people who can cook I don't get those Mm. a lot I don't get those a lot. Um, <laughs> I love people who, who just basically have a different lifestyle than me. Um, oh, that's that interesting. Like, I know. I like it just because I can learn different ways to just navigate the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for an example, my family is very small and Ashley's family is very big. Like I call them the tribe. So, when I get around them, I'm kind of shy because I'm not used to being around a whole bunch of people, but they're like a very big the welcoming, all her uncles are just so nice to me. Um, mm-hmm. But she grew up different than me, so it's just like it's nice to be around them. But then they accept me, so mm-hmm. it's just different. And none of my family lives here anymore except my dad. Okay. So it's nice to also have a family that you know embraces you as well, because I think your family, uh, Teresa's family, embraces you as well. I mean, because I live right down the street from each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. They knew they knew each other, but they knew so we knew each other. <laughs> so. It's it's definitely helpful, especially coming from a a small family. Shit, my family, I can count them all on one hand, two hands. I'd be like, Teresa's like, like that family too. reunion, family reunion. Where we gonna go? The bowling alley. And why are people with smaller families? Y'all are so cynical. I'd be like, Teresa, well, they say everybody's gonna get together. Where we going, Tracy House? Like, why? Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> it ain't number six Look. of us. And it's so funny because we're also different because, so my family, because we're so small, don't come over here and think that you won't get your head. We will talk out your ass. We will tell you how it is. We do not care. We are very open. We do not care. And being around we are very family, open. we are open. Like, sidebar. So my brother brought home a girl and we didn't, we wasn't being for it. And when she left, we were mm-hmm. just like, we was like, what are you doing? And so we got into the whole conversation literally on Thanksgiving. And he was talking about how, you know, black women, they're harder to talk to. So he decided mm-hmm. to date a different race. And we had that. We had a whole show now. My mom was like, you guys ruined Thanksgiving. I'm like, nah, he had to know. He needed to oh, know. Like, that's goodness. not how we, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but then with her family, they, they're they not very 
they're not vocal. They're not as vocal okay. as her. So she's learning mm-hmm. how to. She's learning from my family. We all are yeah. sisters, so so it works out. I think I am. Well, that's nice. Yeah, you know that. Well, that one was just me. You know, prying, probing just a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I um. I, I also. Uh, sorry. I, uh, one last thing. I also like people <laughs> just like my friends that get me to open up. <laughs> Sorry, oh, mm, one last thing. <laughs> Wait, well, I had my head. I feel like your church finger. <laughs> you said what? You had your church finger up. Like, just sorry, one more, one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like my partners more outgoing than me. I will say that. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, that's interesting too. Is it, are yeah. you just a more observant person and you want to have the discernment to be more outgoing or just laid back when you want to? No, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself outgoing. I'm outgoing if I'm comfortable with you. Okay. But initially, um, I like people when you walk in the room and all eyes are on you because just because of your aura. Yes. I don't know. And I, I just, I have every partner that I've had is kind of like that. Well, most mm-hmm. of them. Um, and she does it like that's what she does for me. If she's walking around, she's just very personable. A lot of people know her, and that's just mm-hmm. like an attractive thing for me to be in. I don't like it. Um, I sit over in the cut and just look around, but mm-hmm. I like a partner that can, because it kind of, to me, it's like resourcefulness. Yeah. You can, you're personable. You can walk through the room, like you can make connections, you can network. I don't know. That's very attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Ashley definitely gives me politician vibes. Like, hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and she'd be shaking your hand and kissing your baby forehead. Beautiful, beautiful baby. <laughs> Look at this baby's head. Perfectly round. Listen, oh, that would be her. That would be her. Look, I'm going to tell her that's her near future. Look, look. Richard Pryor looking at. <laughs> no, you did now, you're not going to roast her on here now. She can't defend herself. <laughs> Look, she going to listen. <laughs> she on the other side of that door ready to bust in. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, what okay. has your type? My type, Trees is exactly what my type was or what my, um, <laughs> what my, you know how like, you have a goal type where you like, mm, you see a lot of people that look like that, but are you going to date someone that looks like that? Like you can be attracted to somebody that looks like this, but are you actually going to be able to date somebody that looks like that? Um, And since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with women who don't really look like women, but you, they look like women, like very two spirited. It's a native American term that I was like, I feel like that really culminates everything that I'm trying to say like a masculine air a feminine air but on the outside it's like man if you dress like this I would not be able to tell and if you dress like this I mean you'd be fine as hell this is very this is great the best of both worlds so (laughs) you know to describe my wife she has long dread she has a nice I think now her skin tone is more like a peanut butter maybe a little darker she always thinks that I'm a lot lighter than I am. And I guess I think she's a lot lighter than she is because I think I'm a lot lighter than I am. But back in the day when I was a kid, really skin tone didn't really matter. So long as you were like cute with a nice smile and like locks, I was like, okay. Or if I met you and you had braids, because when I was growing up, I don't know how the girls looked 
for you, but there was not a lot of girls who I guess had permission to have locks when I was like in my teen years. Um, I did have one ex when I was in teen. When I was I fifteen? Yeah, but she wasn't. She was no teenager. That lady was twenty one, but she had locks. <laughs> she was light skinned. Listen, when I was a teenager, I was I was baiting <laughs> niggas, oh, baiting them. Lord, buy me things, <laughs> things. I had this one dude. He was like ten years older than me, senior year of high school. I loved bowling. Me and my best friend, his family owned the bowling alley, and I was like, "Give me your number." And he did. And me and my best friend bowled there for free for the rest of the senior year. It was great. Anyway, you got to deal with a purpose, okay? Anyhow. <laughs> That's what my wife looked like. That is who I be attracted to. But on the inside, I've learned that I do not do well with masculine air women all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm too personally masculine on the inside. And I am 1,000% okay with that. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that I need to change. I don't think it's something I need to work on. Like, I am very aware now. I think when I was, you know, a couple years back younger... I was very masculine and disconnected, like emotionally unexpressive. And that drove my wife mad. And so I've grown out of, out of that, but that's more of a communication thing. I'm still, I think as much masculine as I was before, I'm just able to emotionally express myself the way I need to. So the fluidity between the two, I think it's what I found balance in and in partners. You guys are very similar in that, um, like how you're articulating it, she definitely is the same. But you have to have a nice, vulnerable environment to feel safe to way. do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I used to date a lot more masculine inside women, and it was like, "Why are you like this? Like, you don't have to be this aggressive. You got double and double. Like, you masculine on the outside and inside. This listen, this is too much. I just, I have to go. What?" It's just so crazy. (laughs) Like, what is even happening? It just gets so crazy so fast for the 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 women out there who are like just too too gay for everything, you know. Nah, don't call me no girl, bruh. Don't smack my ass. Like, what? You got a nice ass. I don't understand. We're two girls. I wish I could come in there. I'd be like, girl, behind you, (laughs) boy. Please, have you seen your ass lately? Get out of here. <laughs> Stop it. You better bring that basketball ass. <laughs> they probably think we're crazy. <laughs> we probably think we're crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. We're nearing an hour as we as we do each time. Do you want to do one last question? Or you have your affirmation. Oh, no, no, no. Um, What is the hardest part about being in a same-sex relationship? You want to answer first? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the hardest part for me about being in a same sex relationship is the very reason why I became a coach. It's the, the codependency that comes with it um, unintentionally because you know, you're just, you're, you're in a space and you feel loved and you don't recognize that this isn't a love that you can, you can grow in. It's just a love that you 
experience. And once a, a same-sex couple gets to the level where they understand themselves and then can recognize and understand their partner, it's like they're together for 50 years, 60 years, and you see them and they're 60 years old. I love old lesbians, BT dubs, but you see them and it's like, even with gray hair, they look youthful and they're joyous and they're out in the community and they're active, you know, because they're not stressing themselves the fuck out trying to change their duck ass wife into a chicken. So it's like, <laughs> it's like once they realize that I'm a duck and you a chicken and we just decided to be with each other and learn more about my duckness, learn more about your chickenness as we go together, it they just age so fucking well. They age so well. They're they're wealthy. They go on fucking trips to Europe for the summer. Like their life the quality of their life is so much better when they realize that I can only control me. I can't control what happens to me or what happens to you. I can only control my reactions. And that's what my experience is going to be made of. That's what the stories that I continue to tell and the narratives that I continue to reinforce are going to be about. So, yeah, that's the hardest part. Um, hmm. Gosh, that's such a good question because once I realized that I didn't like that in relationships, I stayed away from people that resembled that. So I'm trying to really, I would say a difficult part about, and mine is just a general term for, I guess, for relationships, is just the healing. Yeah. Um, being able to fight with your partner alongside your partner in order to heal things within yourself. Um, the things that you're triggered by. Um, mm-hmm. So understanding what you're triggered by. And then doing the work to figure out why, and then healing your, you know, your inner child. Um, in order to have a successful relationship, that's like it's very, 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 very vital. Um, <laughs> oh God! Like man, when I say that we have definitely done some work together to be prosperous, like it's taken mm-hmm. a lot of work. Um, and since when you're with the person that you want to be with, there's some things that are going to come up that you didn't even know bothers you mm-hmm. but you gotta work through them and having that open line of communication and I realized this I said this I meditated it on this earlier I I want an open line of communication for understanding but not always for interpretation mm. sometimes when you're trying to interpretate what your partner is saying it's it's, it's you are trying you're misconstruing it you're not you're kind of like going mm-hmm. like this when really I just need you to understand you ain't gotta like it you ain't got to agree with it. Just understand. And that's it. So mm-hmm. I med- that's so funny. I meditated on that this morning. But I would say that's just the difficult part of being in a relationship, period. Um, but mm-hmm. if it's worth it, you'll stay and you'll work through it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, this was <clears throat> what an awesome call. I'm saying call. Yeah. Like, this ain't a damn podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is okay. what it feels yeah. like. Our weekly calls. <laughs> Catch up and talk about what we read in. No, for real. When we get off, I got to tell you about this new book. Oh, gosh, yes. Listen, I'll be right here. But (laughs) y'all won't be because we is hanging up. Boop. Maybe that's going to be our new uh, theme song, y'all. How cute. Stay tuned. All right. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into this episode of Queer Black Girlfriends. 
If you have a topic you want us to discuss or a question about a situation you want our thoughts on, please submit it by following the link in our bio on Instagram at Queer Black Wives. While you're there, make sure to follow me and Brittany at The Real Coach India and Temple underscore Gems, respectively. Lastly, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It's the easiest way to support the show. Love you, Kay. Bye. Bye.